this morning we're going to look at the I am statements of Jesus. Well, that's actually a bit of a lie because we're only going to look at three. There's seven there. So we've got the bread of life, the light of the world, the way, the truth and the life. Uh, let's go this way. The true vine, the resurrection and the life, the good shepherd and the gate. I don't know if you remember at the Queen's funeral, um, if for those that of you that have watched it, the very first hymn was, I am the resurrection and the life. Wow, wow. Like I was watching it and it just hit me in that moment that actually the whole world is talking about death, but for Christians, it's only just begun. She's, she's alive with Jesus and in, in that moment I thought I've got to, can we just turn this down because it's really loud. Um, in that moment can you turn it right down Alan huh is that is that okay if I speak like that hello hello okay like that's fine okay in that moment I just thought wow it's just such a powerful way to start a funeral with I am the resurrection and the life. And that's the first I am statement that we're going to look at. It says, I am the resurrection and the life, saith, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, this is the hymn, thou he were dead, he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Such a great impact. So we're going to look at that this morning. This is, um, if we turn to our Bibles, this is in John, this is in John um, 11. If you open up your Bible, have a look. And Jesus said this at, um, when he was speaking to Mary. Lazarus had died, hadn't he? We're going to just read it together. Let's read it together, shall we? It says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany. Thanks, Simon. Um, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard of Lazarus, his, uh, Lazarus was ill, he stayed two longer days in the place where he was. So he delayed it a bit. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you and you are going there again. Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Um, 
so they didn't really understand what Jesus was saying. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant that Lazarus was taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died, but even now that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. We'll just stop there. So, um... Jesus is sent word by the sisters of Lazarus, um, Martha and Mary, that Lazarus is ill. And by the time that Jesus arrives to see Lazarus, he's been dead for four days. When he arrives, he sees Martha, and in their exchange, Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And Mary says, yes, I know he will rise again one day. But then Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And there's two things here, isn't there? That Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And God will raise the dead one day and, and be, uh, to be with him in eternity. But there's another thing here, that Jesus is saying that I have the power to raise now because I am the resurrection and the life. So I can raise in... Uh, Today, I can raise in four days, I can raise in 400 years, I can raise in 4,000 years. It's up to me because I am the resurrection and the life. And the power of resurrection and life abides in me. Wow, that's so good. In the story, Jesus raises his good friend, Lazarus, from the dead. Lazarus's resurrection demonstrates that Jesus was the source of resurrection and eternal life. Jesus showed the people then, and he shows us now, that death has no hold over him. And in many ways, it's a hard one to understand. We've all lost uh, loved people, and we think, well, Lord, why don't you resurrect them now, and why haven't you... But that's okay, we don't fully understand all these things. But we know, don't we, that Jesus does have the power to resurrect, whether it's now or in the future, because he has said it. And actually, that's really important. Jesus says to him, to, to, um, Jesus says to Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And she just says, yes, I do. And this morning, I think, you know, we might 
sometimes think, oh, Lord, why don't you resurrect? And But Jesus says to us, do you believe that I am? Just just believe, just believe. And um, this statement, I think, is the best statement that we could have at a funeral, that even though uh, that person has died, even though um, there is death in before us, we know that Jesus will um, is the resurrection and the life. D.L. Moody, I like this guy, he's an a, um, evangelist. He said, someday you will read in the papers that D.L. Moody of East Northfield is dead. Don't believe a word of it. At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. I shall have gone up higher. That is all. Out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal a body that death cannot touch, that sin cannot taint, a body fashioned unto his glorious body. He says then, I was born of the flesh in, 19, in 1837. I was born of the spirit in 1856. That which is born of flesh may die, that which is born of spirit will live forever. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And when we die, we're not really dead. Amen. So that's our first one. And we're just going to finish reading the account because it's great. So from verse 28, Jesus, when, um, let's see, uh, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, this is Martha calling Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to, into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, console, uh, who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died." When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was moved in his spirit and greatly troubled that's just showing us how much of a like he was a human jesus was a human and had feelings for people and he said where have you laid him they said to him lord come and see jesus wept so the jews said see how much he loved him but some of them said could he could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also kept this man from dying. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odour. So um, Martha resists at that moment because she said oh it's going to smell really badly for he has been dead four days Jesus said to her did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted his eyes and said father I thank you that you have heard me I knew that you always hear me 
But I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out, wow, I would have loved to have seen this. When he said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Wow, what an amazing moment. I love that when Jesus says to them, unbind him and let him go. It's like, I've done everything. You know, I've, I've worked the miracle. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, now just free him of his, his, um, his grave clothes. So the first thing this morning is Jesus is the resurrection and the life. The next one that I'd like to go to is I am the bread of life. And I love this one because I really love bread. <laughs> I really, really love bread. I could talk a lot about it, but I've decided not to. Um, but when Jesus says this, and we'll read a bit of the account as well, when Jesus says this, it's the day after the huge miracle of him feeding the 5,000. And it must have been like spectacular. And the crowds have been absolutely thrilled by the miracle. So the next day, they're still looking for Jesus, trying to see what else he can come up with. So let's turn to um, John 6. We're going backwards in the Bible. And we'll read from verse 22. So on the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. So they're looking for more miracles from Jesus. They've had, they've seen all this bread appear uh, before their eyes, which must have been so impressive. But Jesus says to them, don't seek after food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. In other words, don't seek for more miracles. Seek for what remains and what is what endures and what is eternal. And let's just read on from... Um, uh, let's read on from uh, verse 32. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives to you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Let's stop there. I love this one so much. Um, how often do we spend 
our days, our time thinking about and chasing after temporary things. I know I spend a lot of time. And even in terms of God, sometimes we can approach God and demand things of God and we, you know, we're almost think of it symbolically getting in the boat and looking and and searching for god for things and may it be um health or or money or prosperity or um a word or something from god as though he's some sort of magician and it's really interesting to see that this statement comes back um on the back of a miracle when jesus gave bread and I think Jesus here is making the point, isn't he, that he didn't come to give bread and to be a handout, but to be bread to people. Unlike the manna, and it's referred to here, remember in the Old Testament there's the manna from heaven, like this sweet bread that, that God gives to the Israelites to, to sustain them. Um, that did perish, that did spoil uh, the next day. So... Um, it could give them sustenance, but not life. And Jesus says, don't demand of me. Don't demand of this world, but eat of me. Come to me, feast on me, abide in me. That's what Jesus being bread is, is that we can enjoy him and eat of him and, and feast with him. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking there's a lot of really hungry people in this world. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of people that are physically hungry, loads of people, and that's really shocking that we're still saying things like this, but there's a lot of hungry, spiritually hungry, empty, dissatisfied, dissatisfied people in this world. And Jesus says, I am bread, I am the bread of life, and those that eat of me will never, ever be left hungry. This is a really powerful word for me, um, to continue to feed from the Lord every day and enjoy him and, and feast with him and take from him. You know, I'm amazed every time that I've had a bad day or a bad, I don't know, period of time and that I can come to the word of God and sit in Jesus's presence and just enjoy him and I'm always left satisfied I think that's amazing you know because it's like it never runs out it Jesus never runs out of giving us good things and I'm always full after spending time with the Lord we had a good time of worship this morning and it's like Lord, you're the one giving. It's not the music, it's not uh, Liz, or it's not just being together, but the Lord is giving us food, and we can feast of him and enjoy from him. And I think a, w a word for us this morning is to like have those quiet moments with Jesus and just sit with him. And if the picture of being a piece of bread is helpful to you as it is to me, think of it as like I'm eating from the Lord. I'm, I'm feasting on his word. I'm feasting on his presence and his good gifts. Jesus Christ is the life-giving eternal source of provision for today, tomorrow, and all eternity. I am the bread of life. I don't perish. In Psalm 37, 25, it says, Once I was young and now I am old, 
Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. We're never left begging as believers. We always have enough with the Lord Jesus. Let's go to the last one. Um, I am the gate. And I love this image as well. I don't know if you can picture a gate in your mind. I always think of like a nice, almost like the Cotswolds, like a nice cottage or like a, a, a lovely um, a gate, like turnstiles in a, in a field or something. But Jesus says, I am the gate. And let's, um, let's read it in John 10 when he says this. We're going back forward now. So we'll go from um, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by the other way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has brought out all his own he goes before them and the sheep follow him and for they know his voice a stranger they will not follow but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger or of strangers this figure of speech Jesus used with them but they did not understand what he was saying to them so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who, come, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And then this is a one we know well. The thief only comes in to still kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So here we, we hear of a door, not a gate, but we can use either or. In Jesus' time, I'll go to the slide that it refers to. In Jesus' time, you had like a sheep pen that looked a bit like this. And we don't have this anymore, but um, the shepherd would lay in the doorway. And that's really nice to think of Jesus as, as the gate. And gates are two things, or doors are two things. Like if you didn't have a front door, what would that leave you vulnerable? You'd be left vulnerable to people coming in and out that you didn't want. So a gate or a door is an image of protection and, and protection from intrusion. Sheep are susceptible to injuries and they're really stupid kind of animals in many ways. They're very sweet, but they're very stupid because when they see danger coming towards them, they all huddle together, which is like the worst thing to do. <laughs> um, I just almost picture it as like, you know, when you're playing tag or whatever it's called now. Um, and it would be stupid if everyone running uh, from the person that was about to hit you, all gathered together, because then you're left vulnerable to being um, got. But sheep are like that, aren't they? And they're just, they huddle together, and it makes them really easy to, to be um, slaughtered. So sheep are totally dependent on a shepherd, and the shepherd that tends with care and compassion. 
So shepherds were the providers, the guides, protectors, and constant companions of sheep throughout all day and all night. And like this image is just lovely because we're, we're really uh, susceptible to danger, aren't we, without the protection of Jesus, to the enemy, to all the things that the enemy throws our way. Also for, to false teaching, there are so many false teachers, even very close to where we live, um, and, and leaders of big churches that are preaching false things. And we can be susceptible uh, and we're vulnerable without Jesus' protection, we're vulnerable to those things. Um, we, as you know, on our own and without Jesus' protection, we're really in danger's way. But Jesus is the gate. He is the protection. Um, humanly faced with the devil, we are hopeless. But with Jesus, we are fully protected against all of Satan's works. So a gate is for protection, but it's also for, for um, letting people in. And this is wonderful because it's only through Jesus that we can know the Father and have eternal life. And Jesus actually opens the door. Jesus is much more welcoming, I think, than the world think he is. They think it's all about exclusivity and it's whether you're in the crowd, you know, in the group, in the clique. But Jesus has the door open as well. There's a lot of talks uh, about many paths, but Jesus is the only way as well. There is no door to eternal life except through him. So Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus does not say, I am the wall. Jesus doesn't say, I am the barrier. I am the enclosure. I am the dividing life. No. I'm not the one that separates. I'm not the one who isolates, segregates, or incarcerates. He says, I am the gate. I am the door. I am the opening. I am the passageway to the Father. Jesus is the gate. It's unlocked. It's wide open. It's inviting. And he also guards and keeps. And Jesus, I want to encourage you, Jesus is keeping Hope Church. Jesus is keeping your life as well. He's keeping our salvation and he's watching and keeping all of us from harm. Jesus guarantees our salvation for those who will enter through him. Salvation from the power of sin and death. Salvation from the power of the devil, our enemy. Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? But thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm just going to finish now. But in John 18, um, we read of... Let's go to it, actually, because I, I think I've been quite quick. Uh, so we'll go to it. Uh, John 18, and let's read from verse 3. 
So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief of priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, so let me just explain, because I've probably started in the wrong place, but this is uh, the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. And remember, Jesus gets a, like a band of soldiers to go and find Jesus and arrest him. So they're there with their torches and, and lanterns and weapons, and they're looking for Jesus. It's dark at night, so they're looking like and searching for him in all sort of uh, nooks and crannies, I suppose. But Jesus is there, knowing that all would happen to him, and he came forward and said to them, Who do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. This is really important here. Jesus said, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing there. When Jesus said to them, I am he, so in the moment he said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Now, let's stop there. Jesus replies with, I am he, I am he. And something about that there, just the words, nothing that Jesus did, but the words that Jesus said made them fall to the ground. When was the last time you said something and someone fell to the ground? It doesn't happen. But something, the, the impact of what Jesus said hit them. Now, think back to Exodus 3 at the burning bush. God says and reveals himself to Moses as I am. And he tells Moses to take off his sandals for this is holy ground. And in that moment, he, he says, he gives a really special revelation to Moses of who he is. When, um, like a personal and an intimate name of himself. And Jesus, fast forward all those years later, Jesus uses those exact same words, I am. And they recognized it. See, we don't really recognize it with our translation, but he used the exact same words, I am, that God used at the burning bush. And the guards recognize it in their language. And it made them drop to the ground because it was such a, like a sacred, holy, um, uh, kind of intimate revelation. And they recognized it. So this morning, it was too much to withstand. This morning, I, I pray that we know the impact of these I am statements. When Jesus says, I am, I am, I am exclusively the gate, the, the bread of life, and the, the um, resurrection and, and the life and all of the other ones that we saw there the true vine the good shepherd the light of the world the way the truth and the life may we realize that jesus is he is he is the source he is hold, he holds all authority may we know the impact of it that jesus saying that there's no other but me all other things are counterfeit, but I am. I am the bread of life. I am the gate. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the source. 
and he is exclusively the source. And all other things that we may go to are just counterfeits, but Jesus is the source. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to feast on you. Help us to abide in you, Jesus. Help us to uh, walk through you, Jesus, and, and to find protection in you, Lord. Help us to believe that you are the resurrection and the life, Lord. Exclusively you, Jesus, and forgive us for when we go to other things, other people, and we seek these things, Jesus, because you have said it, and you are asking us this morning, do you believe this? Do you believe that I am the unique source of provision and help, that I am the unique source of life, that I hold all authority? Lord Jesus, I pray that we would just approach you like this, Lord, that we wouldn't say, Lord, give me, give me, Lord, but you are the bread, Jesus. You are the way, you are the resurrection, you are the true vine, Lord. Help us not to refer to you as always, give me these things, Lord, but just to trust that you are these things, Lord, that you are the source of all things. Lord, today, tomorrow and forever, Lord, you are. Lord, I just thank you for this morning, Lord. I know that it's sometimes hard to describe these things because we don't fully... Um, we, yeah, we don't fully live in these things, Jesus, but help us to understand your word more and more. Lord, it does say in your word that we're seeing like um, in part, Lord Jesus, and knowing in part, Lord. So help us to know more. Help us to know your word, know you more, Jesus, every day. Lord, we thank you for your presence this morning, and I bless you, God. Amen. 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 Thank you very much.